Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and I am wearing a very fun shirt today. I'm Nick Bailey, and I am wearing the same white t-shirt I've been wearing for the last, I think, year and a half now. I mean, it's the same iteration of a white t-shirt. It's not like the exact same one. It's just, I've got a lot of white t-shirts. I remember when you decided that you were only going to wear white t-shirts and black jeans. That was what? It's, it's, it simplified my life like a lot. Yeah, I mean, I guess like it. <laughs> sure, I mean, you don't look bad in it, but for people who have never seen you before, you have a look, and you have stuck to that look very well. Meanwhile, I've become more and more colorful over time. I feel like I've, I, when you first met me, I was wearing a lot of grays, I was wearing a lot of like dark greens, and now I'm just dressed like a Jimmy Buffett fan all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's only so much color between us, and you know, at the moment you've got it all, so I've just got to do black and white. Yeah, I actually think it would work really well if we ever do live versions of the show, because I look like a maniac, and you look like you've been stockpiling weapons in like northern Canada for the last six months. While wearing the same white t-shirt, yeah. Exactly, exactly. have a very special episode this week luke and i got uh when we first started our podcast we were doing like a ton of guests every week and then we decided to simplify things and just like really get back to like the core of what makes this show work and then after after, like four months of us talking to each other we we realized that we'd want to talk to other people that's right i'm actually very very sick of talking to luke every single week and i feel like because i edit these episodes they're all beginning to blur together and i can't remember like what happens each week anymore <laughs> that makes sense um i think i think what we really need to do is just keep doing this for like at least 15 years to kind of really ramp up like how much we're doing that's i mean conversations that's the plan though we're going to be one of those cool. podcasts that like never gets more than like ten thousand listeners and we just go for like 20 years in 15 years, we're like, hey, we've actually had like 100 million listens. And it's just because we've just been doing it for so long. Because <laughs> we, did, we did like uh, 100 million episodes, I guess. I, I don't even yeah. know enough math to do that joke. Anyways, this is a, a lot of prologue to say that we have a guest this week. She is a returning guest. She's a dear close friend of mine. And also, I think that she is the perfect person to talk to about what we're dealing with this week which is the end of the TV show Supernatural. And our guest is Kate Holderness. She works at Tumblr. She understands the internet better than I do. She is an all-around beautiful person, and she's decided that she wouldn't mind wasting an hour of her time this week to explain to us what has been happening in the last 15 years of the show Supernatural. <laughs> but before we do that, we have a very important bit of show business to do because we actually, we actually owe someone an apology. What? Do we? We, we do owe someone an apology. Oh, no. What did we do? So, about six months ago, maybe a little less. Oh, um, wow. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you recall a, a guy called Jolion Morm. No, wait. Hold on. First off, we haven't been doing this show for six months, have we? We have. The, this show, the pre- predecessor show. Did, but did we start podcasting six months ago? Have we? Have I been talking to you for six months? It's pos- I mean, now you're asking, I'm struggling a little bit. Okay, because... wait. So what, what did we do? What did, how did we screw this up? We were we were we were quite critical of him. What did he do? Who is he? I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, he is he is a man who lives in a windmill, uh, and is extremely pro EU and attacked a fox while wearing his wife's kimono with a cricket bat. This guy, the guy who killed a fox in yeah. his backyard. Okay, I remember this. Yes, and we treated him a little bit like a joke. Well, he um, killed a fox and then tweeted about it, right? Yeah, except except over the last two to three months, he has transitioned from being uh, a person who is primarily interested in pointless lawsuits about Brexit that are interminable and seemingly never change anything, even when he wins, to a guy, a lawyer, you know, he was always a lawyer. Uh-oh, is he lawyer suing? He's now, not suing us, right? He's not suing us. Okay. He's suing the NHS for being too slow to give trans teenagers treatment. Oh, I like this guy. Yeah. Wow. Total twist. Okay, well, Total hold on, hold on. Books. To defend us, because we're never wrong on this show, we got no. it right. He took that criticism to heart, and he has become a pro-trans activist. I think that us belittling him on our po- on this podcast was what helped him grow as a person. I'd like to think that that's what happens with all of our criticism on this show. 
I'll take that. But yeah, I just think, you know, I think we need to to accept like, hey, someone, someone's gone from being a, you know, tilting at windmills, literally, <laughs> to, to to actually doing good in the world. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to bring that up because I think that's, that's important. Now we can go on to the Kate's bit. I'm really, that makes me very happy. And also yeah. like... Definitely surprising that a British person decided to become pro-trans. I gotta say, that's uh, that's a real that's a real surprise for for you guys. <laughs> yeah, here's like here's like a bang on the money of the person who would not do this. Like demographically, what he's interested in, all that stuff is like, oh, this is gonna go the wrong way. But no, no, he he's gone entirely the he's he's reverse Graham Linehan. I I I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah. Hi, Kates. Welcome to the Content Minds. It's been a long time since you've been on the show. Hi, thank you for inviting me back on. We're extremely happy that you're here to talk to us about a thing that uh, we don't know anything about. Well, I don't know anything about. Ryan, you might. I don't. I know a little bit, but like, Kates, tell us about all of the large gatherings you've been to in the last couple of months since you were last on the show. <laughs> you know, life is a life is a dream in 2020. Um, uh, the biggest gathering I've been to in the last 10 months was um probably like dinner at my sister's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how many people oh like like three four. okay well that's my good. sister <laughs> and my nieces and and like that's basically it that's very responsible i, mean, I, I was in a room with with three other people at a meeting at my office that's my biggest num- wow. number did, did you take the tube into the office yeah for the summer we were uh we were also going in and out wow people Wow. It's, uh, yeah. I, I've stopped now. I have not ridden the subway since March 13th. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah no, we, we, yeah. It's a, right, right, I mean, it's quite strange because it is very quiet. Like, it's the quietest I've ever been on the tube. Like, it's super quiet. That's nice, though. So I'm kind of like, it's like, okay, this seems fine, I think. I don't know. The windows in the tube are open, so everything's blowing around. That's like, I think makes it okay. Oh, that's good. That's like a good way to do it, for sure. Um, Speaking of uh, toxic uh, plague particles flying around, um, we're talking about Supernatural and the end of the longest-running fandom on the internet this week. I Kate's, Okay. Yes. First off, I take uh, umbrage <laughs> to the longest-running fandom. That's okay. not the case. But Supernatural did last for 15 incredibly long seasons. 15 years. It started with the it started in the George W. Bush administration. That's insane. Oh, Jesus. Wait, it started Oh god, that's so long. I was no, I was just putting together like when that was. Like that's such a long time ago. Yeah, it's it started in 2005. I was 15 years old when it started. I think it started the same year that How I Met Your Mother started. Oh started wow. Right around, it started right around the same time as the Iraq War and has caused only a similar amount of death. Kate's you you watched the show early on. Is that right? So, yes, I I watched Supernatural for many, many seasons. Um, I gave up when uh, when they fridged Charlie, who was a character played by Felicia Day, like one of the few like oh. recurring female characters on the show and also oh. like lesbian icon on the show. And they brought her back just to fridge her. Um, and after oh. that, I was just kind of like, nope, I'm done. Like... Like, it, w- it was enough. So, if you're not familiar, the term fridging comes from uh, DC Comics, and it refers to a scene where uh, Green Lantern discovers his girlfriend has been basically cut up and stuffed in a fridge. And it's sort of a blanket term for when you just kill off a female character for pretty much no reason. For, like, motivation for, like, man pain. Yes. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah. Man pain, the most but- important thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But that being said, so I watched it for, like... Probably like 10 seasons. I forget when that happened. But yeah, I, I made it through a very large chunk of it. And then I've, I've been observing what has happened um, through my Tumblr dashboard, obviously. So, so um, sure. is, it, is it safe to describe the show as it's two brothers who drive around in a car and they fight demons. And then there's like an angel that becomes friends with them at a certain point, right? Yes. So my, under- my understanding was a supernatural polycule, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two, two, the two of the main characters are brothers. It's like the old, the Old Testament as a polycule. I, you could, you could argue that. I, there is definitely fan fiction of that. Cool, cool. Yeah, 
good. Um, but yeah, it's basically these two brothers um, are like monster hunters. Like their entire like thing is like killing monsters and saving people. And then around season four, they meet an angel because Dean, who's one of the main characters, uh, like gets dragged to hell. Okay. Um, so so the thing that you need to know about Supernatural is like death doesn't matter. Right. Like people, like main characters die all the time. They just come back. It's sure. It's a thing. So, so it's essentially just Buffy updated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. It, very, very similar, actually. Um, it's cool that they d- redid Buffy, but with uh, men with good jaws in instead. Well, that was the one thing I had a problem with with Buffy was I was like, where are the jawlines, boys? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't have, and the facial hair, you know, like a good, a good beard. It's important. Are there beards in Supernatural? I've yeah, never seen them. Yeah, there are beards and scruff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. their names are Dean. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, wait. It see, so as I understand it, the like the, the sh- actually no, kids, you might not remember this. I asked you in 2012 if I should watch Supernatural, and you said yes, but you've got to give it like five seasons before it gets good. And I was like, <laughs> no, thank you, I'm not doing that. I'm never gonna do that. Okay, what is what is the over under on how long you have to? When someone says like, okay, but you have to give it X number of seasons to get good. I'll give it one season. One season. Yeah. Okay, are you talking? Yeah. But are you talking like a a an American TV show season or like a British TV show season? Uh, One season. You'll be done with a British show by the time you get to midpoint of the first season in American terms. The the longest, the longest I've waited for a show to get good. And I finally gave up was Lucifer because I was told that by the Netflix season, which is I think is season three, it gets totally great. But I did not realize that the two seasons before the Netflix season are, I think 25 episodes each so that's 50 hours to get to it to be good and i was like i can't do this i just can't yeah, do supernatural is the same way Super, okay. it's just you know it's like 23 episodes a season they're like 44 minutes long you know oh, like it's God. it's a commitment it's a commitment but like the the fascinating thing is that like you know like the fandom like had, like fell in love with these characters and like seeing them evolve from like you know these like essentially babies at the beginning of the series to to where it ends up like i don't know it's been really interesting to like watch the fandom grow up in the same way that like the characters grew up in a lot of ways i don't know it's interesting this is this is what makes me like wonder why because they are like (laughs) wonder why what in the nicest possible way they are just they seem to be two people i've watched clips of this thing i've observed before i don't understand why these two particular white dudes with good jawlines were the people who became the center of the biggest fandom of all time okay luke i will posit a thought experiment to you our listeners might not know this but i know this about you which is that you really liked how i met your mother yeah would you have waited 15 years for an ending of how i met your mother if it had just kept going no well no no okay so there's a difference between like i absolutely if i'd like i would have come back to the show to see oh they're actually gonna end it now fine i'll come back and end it now but okay. I would not have been passionate about it for that length of time because I was not passionate about it for, like, for the clarity. It was it was a, a show we used to watch a lot at uni, okay, and uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't really remember why, but it was a thing. And after I left uni, I kind of stopped watching it, and then I, th- I, I, I don't know the. You I don't have to explain. Then, you don't have to explain. This is a safe no, space but like, it, it is. It is because it's the thing of uh, there's very few shows which have lasted ten years and I have watched for ten years in real time. Uh, and I think I'm trying to remember how long how many of the last ones, eight seasons maybe. Uh, and I didn't make it to the end of that. Like I, I think on the last season I was like, oh, this is ending now. And I went back and like watched the last two seasons or something. Okay, here's one for you. Supernatural started three years before Iron Man and ended one year after Endgame. Right. See, that's crazy. And this is what this is my question. What I don't understand is why, why you watch them for 15 years? Like that's <laughs> such a long time. That's such a long time. It's such a long time. But like. And as someone who, you know, as we have established, did not watch it for 15 years. Right. Um, It's one of those fandoms that you can, like, go in and out of. Kind of like Doctor Who. Like, you can you can just pick it up and, like, you watch a new season. You jump into season 12 or whatever. And it's like, okay, what are the brothers doing? Like, what's, what, who, who, what's the big, like, meta plot for the season? You can pick it up. The characters are familiar. Like, they'll make references to previous seasons that will delight you. Um, but a lot of it is just kind of like, well, it's Sam and Dean doing their thing, and Castiel's going to pop up, and, like, you know, they're going to wear a lot of flannel, and 
you know, they'll alternate with monster of the week episodes versus overarching plot episodes. And at the end of the season, like something will have happened and I'll have <laughs> feelings about it. Okay. I mean, okay, that, that sounds right like, to me. That sounds right. Yeah. I, su- I support the wearing of a lot of flannel. I, I <laughs> You wear a lot I, of flannel. I, 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 but also if it is, okay, here's monster of the week. Uh, we're inserting monster of the week and overarching season narrative. It is again, it's just Buffy. <laughs> Yeah, but like it's most actually, things, Buffy, are... it's it's X Men, it's X Men, uh, X Files. I mean, Luke, most things are X Files or Buffy. <laughs> but <laughs> but did did they ever like literally kill God? No, and in fact, in X Files or Buffy, I feel like that's what would have happened in both of those shows if they had been allowed to go on for fifteen years. Eventually, like like in like in an anime that lasts for like twenty years, eventually you have to kill God. They killed her mom. They. Killed Buffy's mom. That was a thing. Oh yeah, well, they killed they killed a they killed Sam and Dean's mom in like the first episode of the show. Right, exactly. But they killed her Buffy's mom in like the sixth season. They went a long way down the track and then killed. Her. I mean, which I'm was just... a brutal episode. It is brutal. Okay, wait. Let's get back on topic here. So we so Castiel is introduced in the fifth season, and that's where things get really horny, right? I'm sorry. Wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, this major character is, doesn't appear until significantly through the series. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yes. So the first three or four seasons are just filler. They're just you know a prologue. Well, no. I mean because you're establishing this world that the brothers live in and blah blah blah. Like I think I think originally like Castiel. Okay, who premiered in season four? He at the, at the I end. Think he I think right. Wasn't yeah. originally meant to be like. A, a, like a main character like he was gonna have a plot he was gonna recur a couple of times it was gonna be a thing but then the chemistry that the actor Mish collins had with jared padalecki and jensen eccles was like outrageous and the fans lost their collective shit over this angel because he's got this deep voice he's incredibly handsome he has very he has piercing blue eyes he has a great jawline he has a beautiful guy. jawline. he wears a trench coat which was very big in like 2008 or whatever um (laughs) that's true yeah that is true i I don't remember that bit but sure (laughs) he's got like a very like easy to cosplay look yes super easy to cosplay and like was a very compelling character when he was introduced because like it was the first time that i remember that like you know, like, they're demons, yeah, but, like, then you've got this angel, and, like, he's he's not human. Like, his whole character arc, Castiel's whole character arc, is, like, being the celestial immortal being who who is fundamentally changed by his relationships with human characters. You know, like, he becomes more human throughout the series. He, there's a whole thing, and, and... Uh, 1518 season 15 this most recent season uh, there's a whole thing that i'm sure we're going to talk about uh but but he becomes human he opens himself to love he has changed and like that really resonated i think with fans of like okay like i can have this vulnerability in a way that like the other characters on the show especially dean like doesn't show vulnerability in that way so he's angel he's angel from buffy (laughs) Luke, you cannot continue this for the full hour of this show. I will lose I my can, goddamn mind. <laughs> so, so is so is that why they pair? Is is is? Do you remember when Destiel like appeared? Do you do you know where you were when like Destiel started showing up on the internet? That's for those listening. That's the fan pairing of Dean and Castiel. Yeah, I remember. So I wasn't on Tumblr when Castiel first came on board. I joined Tumblr in 2011. But I was definitely aware of that ship from like Twitter and stuff. Yeah, I remember it as well. It was like because so I was on Tumblr from two thousand eight on, but it felt very much like Tumblr culture didn't exist in like till two thousand ten, which we've spoken about on the show before. And it felt like uh, Destiel was part of like the first wave of like making a pop culture out of Tumblr culture. Oh yeah, Super Hulock. It was all super hulock. It was John Locke and Destiel and like whoever was being I guess it would be like Ten and Rose on Yeah, on, I think it was Ten and Rose. Yeah. 
but yeah, that was that was a huge deal when I, you know, like I was a fandom blogger when I first joined Tumblr. I was I was a fucking super hulak blogger. Did you ever? Cosplay? I talked about my feels. Did you ever cosplay a super hula, uh, like a super hulak thing? Uh, I cosplayed uh, as the fourth Doctor once. Oh, I remember that actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The fourth Doctor was Tom Baker, right? Yes, yes, Tom Baker. I had a sixteen-foot-long scarf and a floppy hat. And it was delightful. So, if you had to, if you had to describe Destiel's impact on internet culture, what oh. what, do you, what do you think it did for the internet? Oh, it did so much. It, <laughs> uh, it, Destiel as a ship, I feel like popularized the term queer baiting. Okay, can and you, brought can that you- into a mainstream. Can you, can you tease sure. that out a little bit? Like, what, what does it mean to queerbait in this way? So queerbait is like when um, writers or creators kind of like hint at a deeper like queer relationship, um, but then never follow through with it. So it's just like, oh, these two characters are going to share meaningful glances and, you know, talk you know, around their feelings, but never actually address their feelings. It never becomes canon. And and it's kind of a fodder for the fandom to be like, oh my god, like, wouldn't it be great if these two characters got together and they're totally hinting at it? Um, and then there's no follow through. That's queer baiting. So what I find really interesting about this, right, is that because it's a show that never really broke out, like it, it not that's not fair. It didn't it's not that it didn't break out, it's that it never became like a huge show. It was always, it, 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 as it went on, it became more and more instantly kind of supported by this really dedicated group of fans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It meant that they were kind of playing into this much more than they might have been otherwise. Like they were playing into quite a weird group of oh, weird, like, oh, they yeah. Were playing, they were playing into like really specific narratives that were being crafted they could see very vis- visually. Like, and they reference this. So in the 200th episode of Supernatural, which is, I believe, called fan fiction. Oh, God. Nice. <laughs> nice. So so the plot of this show is is just, like, bananas. Um, in, in, the, in the show Supernatural, uh, there's a character named Chuck who uh, is, in fact, God. Okay. Like, like, actual, like actual God. God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And in the show, he also is an author who writes books about two characters named Sam and Dean Winchester who hunt monsters and do all this stuff. So so in the 200th episode, they go to this high school who is putting on a a high school play based off of the books about Sam and Dean Winchester. (laughs) And it is just pure fan service. Like the 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 teens who are playing Cass Castiel and Dean like are in a relationship and like they're like kind of like hat tippy jokes about like, oh y'all are very you know, like you know, like you amp that up, like show the love kind of stuff. So like like the the show does become self-referential in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, how could which... it not? It was on for 15 years. Eventually, like, there's enough canon that you just <laughs> can make shows about itself over and over again. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's exactly it. But there is there is a really interesting thing there where most shows don't have that situation where they are forced. Their primary audience are hardcore fans. Like the most most shows, primary audience is 10% hardcore fans, 90% people who just quite like it. And, aren't following the rest of it and it felt like by the end certainly based on what we saw i saw from the outside that the primary audience is hardcore fans whereas if you compare it to an earlier show like i don't know buffy oh, uh, that's why we, that's <laughs> that's that's why Willow and buffy not never got together despite all the queer baiting in that i mean look yeah buffy had a lot of queer baiting like everyone was queer baited with everyone like they they didn't pass up, a, up an opportunity to pair two characters briefly but i think there's also, and I read, I really, I, I, I don't, I can't find the post, but I read this really interesting argument that was basically saying that Supernatural was meant to be liked by boys and it accidentally became liked by girls. And instead of leaning into that and using the support and the natural community building that like female fans of the show were doing, the show basically spent 15 years never able to fully embrace like what their fans wanted because it is based on this idea that it should have been liked by boys. That's an interesting take. And uh, yeah, I don't know enough about the show to know if that's true, but it feels very much like the first WB and then CW, like the, the, the owner of the show and maybe the showrunners themselves could never really 
fully wrap their heads around. And I, and there's a lot of examples of, of things that this happens to like, um, Star Wars, the new sequels uh, uh, of Star Wars are a great example where all of a sudden it was female fans that were supporting it, not the traditional male fans. And it never was able to really embrace that because, it, right. you know, it would screw up merchandising, it would screw up demographics or marketing or whatever the hell. And so Supernatural could never really be the show it was supposed to be because they never knew how to how to pivot. Doctor Who is kind of the same deal. I mean, I will say... I don't know from a writer's perspective if that's true, but like the cast definitely like embraced their fans. Like right. they are they're known for like doing junkets, they're known for doing cons and like being like pretty enthusiastic about it and like being appreciative of their fans. That's true. Which is interesting. I guess this is the point of the show where we should probably mention that if you're gonna wade into supernatural memes and have any idea what's going on. You should be briefly aware of accusations against one of the actors of possibly being like homophobic or dismissive of fa the queer fan pairing. Um, I think in 2012, Jensen Eccles was accused of this, but I I read a bunch about it. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. And half the fans seem to think that he's like totally cool with it and was like on board with that deal. The other half don't. And I don't know enough about that world to make a call. Same. Like. And, and, and I was in that world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and also to me, it almost like doesn't even matter because like, yeah, not that it doesn't matter that if he was that, but it doesn't matter for this to understand what's happening here because Misha Collins was like all in on Destiel. Like he was yeah. hugely supportive. Um, totally. I don't know and, the other guy's name. But. So the big thing that happened in episode 18 is that Destiel went canon. Okay. Let's talk about. The night that Destiel became canon. Oh my fucking god. It was so great. So, so, <laughs> so I get, I was like, just sitting at home, like I am every day and every night. <laughs> and, and I get a text from my boss at like, 9.45 on like a Thursday or whatever and it's just in all caps Destiel is canon <laughs> I love that I love that the internal communications of Tumblr are exactly what people would think the internal communications of Tumblr are oh yeah yeah no it, and so it was great so immediately I went to work <laughs> you know, and like it's like well we gotta do some shit uh, and like the so it took place, it went canon in the midst of rumors of Vladimir Putin resigning due to health issues and also unknown presidential election results. So so it was in the middle of that week where we didn't know who was going to be president. Everything was terrible. Everything was awful. There were rumors Putin was going to be resigning. And it became what I refer to and many people now on Tumblr refer to as super Putin election. Oh, for God's sake. As opposed to super hulak, where like... <laughs> It was just like this glorious, like clusterfuck of like people reacting to Castiel confessing his love to Dean, like literally saying like Dean, I love you, and then immediately getting dragged to like super hell, right? Which the fans have been referring to as super mega gay hell, and <laughs> uh, there are if you type that into any social network right now, you will see nothing but supernatural content. Oh, I should also say Putin is probably not resigning. The thing that was traveling around was a British tabloid claiming that he was going to step down due to Parkinson's. And for some reason that just happened to like hit a nerve on Tumblr for some reason yeah. at that exact moment. Yeah. So exactly. And there were all these memes about like, was anyone going to tell me Putin is resigning or did I have to read about it myself in a Destiel is canon post? You know, like it was, it's, it's just like, there's so much good content. There's so much good content about this thing. And, and so it went canon, like Tumblr broke basically. Like these blogs that I've been following for 10 years essentially like came out of, came back out of nowhere and were like, and I did the same thing. I, w I was like, we're blogging like memes and shit. And I was just like, oh, this is what joy feels like. Like, this is what joy feels like. Did you have a dedicated Super Hulok account or was it, was it your main? Oh, no. I. <sighs> were you Super Hulok on main? <laughs> you have a secret one, don't you? <laughs> so I have a very long, neglected uh, side blog 
for fandom purposes only, where I would I tried to kind of silo some of my like unhinged <laughs> fandom energy into this like side blog that was not connected to my main account. Uh, but then I just stopped caring because cringe culture is dead and like fuck it, nothing yeah. matters. I think that's like. That that to me and you and I, Kate, so we spoke about this like a little bit as this was happening, but it felt very much like, you know, it was looking like Trump was probably gonna lose and Destiel was canon and like Tumblr was on like full blast and like the connective tissue between like fandom Twitter and fandom Tumblr was like completely connected. The the th- everyone was touching the third guardrail, memes were back. It was like this thing that had been dormant for like five or six years had reawoken and it felt great. Like it felt the way the internet used to feel every day. It was honestly beautiful. Like, I worked a lot that night. Uh, we did a whole bunch of stuff. Like, it, it it was so much fun. And then and then this series finale happened. <sighs> All right. And that, that, was, that was a little rough. So let's talk about the finale. So uh, I'm just going to really quickly try to sum up what I think happened here. And then <laughs> you can tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. They hunt vampires, and those vampires are wearing, like, clown masks. And then Dean gets stabbed in the back by a rusty nail in a barn. And then he gets tetanus or or something, and he dies. And then he goes to heaven, and in heaven, his car is there. So that his car goes to heaven with him. And heaven is depicted as, like, a cul-de-sac or, like, a suburban neighborhood. And he gets in his car to drive. Meanwhile, on Earth, his brother Dean lives his life, and he has his brother Sam. Sam, his brother Sam lives his life. Sam has a son. He names Dean. Sam has a a really bad wig. Uh, then Sam dies of old age, and then he goes to heaven. And then Dean pulls up in the heaven car, and he's like, "Get into the heaven car." And they drive off, and Castiel's never seen, and he's mentioned off screen as like being brought back to heaven, and and that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the finale. Cool. Sounds good. Um, it, <laughs> I don't I don't, know, I don't know how they do it fifty years together. <laughs> Perfect. It, Great payoff. The fucking reaction to that was so funny to me to see. Like as as someone who was at one time deeply invested in the show, uh, like it it was fitting in a way that the final episode was a monster of the week episode. Um, like that's what the show kind of started out as like, that was fitting that I was like, okay, okay, sure. The, the rusty nail thing killed by a vampire juggalo, like that (laughs) is a little, a little sus to me. (laughs) And then, so yeah, so then Dean goes to heaven, which has been like recreated by apparently like this character named Jack, who's like their adopted son, sort of. I don't really know. Jack was not on the show when I watched it. But okay. um, there's basically a new god, Jack. And Jack he rebuilds. Yeah, apparently. Okay. And, and the only mention of Cassiel is like Dean's talking to Bobby, who's like their surrogate dad, because like Jeffrey D. Morgan, who played their actual dad, like is like a like john did Winchester he die is a, did he die he always dies <clears throat> oh probably i assume so yeah cool um but so there's this character bobby hugely popular character everyone loves him he's a great character and and dean's basically like oh this place is nice you know jack do all of this and and the one line about castiel is bobby is like well you know Cass helped and like dean like does kind of a wistful smile and a head tilt and then that's that's it oh like there's no resolution to the confession of love which like is the thing that like i think a lot of fans were kind of upset by luke i'm curious what you think about this because you famously liked the end of game of thrones and i think it's interesting it'd be interesting to hear yeah i know <laughs> what yeah, I, know. <laughs> yeah, I liked it it's good like, don't get me wrong. There were there were errors and there were missteps, but it's probably better, more good than there was. Bad. You're you're cool with Bran just being king because he has the best no, story. Well, no, one gives a, no one gives a shit about Bran being king. He'll die in like a year. It's fine. It's Game of Thrones. Oh my god. So yeah, I mean, Luke Luke is a uh, is is cool with anti finales. I guess if you wanted to call them that. And I guess like Luke, yes, like I'm very cool with anti finales. How would you feel though about like a 15 year old TV show essentially ending with like? 
gibberish. Just like gibberish nonsense. Live by the fan service, die by the fan service, I think. Like <laughs> like that's it. Like like you you're never if you if you go to fan servicey, and this was where Game of Thrones actually got close to going wrong in my mind it was that they went to fan servicey like everyone needed their closure everyone needed their ending and stuff and more people should have died quicker uh and the same kind of goes for this like if if you're going to do a thing that involves an awful lot of fan service at some point you're going to piss off all the many people who have different opinions about what that fan service is and particularly if you have a show like supernatural which is pretty much only got support from very hardcore fans at this point like I don't think there were many people in Idaho turning on the TV and being like, oh, Supernatural, look at this show still on 15 years. I'm very confused about all these things that are happening, but, you know. So, yeah, if you do that, you're going to piss people off and you're going to end up with a really chaotic ending. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a good point. Like, there's no way to resolve a show like Supernatural in a way that will satisfy... It's like the ending of Lost. Like, you can't, you can't make everybody happy. Like some shit's going to happen. It's going to be weird. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. Like, but ultimately, like, I think the, the main reaction is like, do people feel okay about it? And I can't tell if people feel okay about the end of supernatural or not. So most of it, I got curious here just before we move on from this part. And I looked up the ratings. I wanted, I'm actually, I was actually curious, like how many people actually watched this final episode 1.4 1.4 million people watched it. By comparison, the top show of the night across everything was Grey's Anatomy with 5.7 million. So it wasn't like no one watched that, this. That, that chess show on Netflix was watched by 62 million people. Yeah, well, okay. By modern standards, like no one's watching TV. <laughs> but like 1.4 million people watching Supernatural is like, that's pretty good. And apparently... And that's not counting like illegal streams that people are doing. Absolutely. And and apparently like it was pulling in like over a million views like fairly consistently. That's true. That's on the CW, so yeah. So, you know, it, it but but I think you are right that most people like have, probably have no idea what's going on in this show because like <laughs> you can't keep up with everything that's happened. Like it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> So what I think is interesting here, and Kate, you saw this on Tumblr too, and I saw this, and I'm very, very interested in it. Um, and so I'm going to pull it up here just so I get the details right and the credit right. Um, so Tumblr user CryptCast, and, okay, yeah, right, Castiel, gotcha, okay, um, put together a conspiracy theory PowerPoint, and I will include a link to this in our show notes this week. But I find it very compelling, and I'm going to try to sum up as it as best I can, as quickly as I can. But it basically argues that because of COVID, the season, the last episode that was filmed was the Declaration of Love. Also, interestingly, the Declaration of Love scene in Brazil had Dean saying, I love you, too. And in the American version, he is crying with his hands over his mouth. So it was like a voiceover incident. Uh, after that episode was filmed, they went on a filming hiatus. They came back and a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff doesn't add up with what actually was aired in terms of like minutes, runtime, number of scenes, production. Also interesting that apparently the final scene with the vampire juggalos takes place in a scene that looks very similar to the barn in which you first meet Castiel. And here's the thing that I, I really buy into this, which is, and I didn't realize this. Jared Paldecki is about to be in a reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger. And they were afraid. And the theory is that they were afraid that if the show got too queer. It would ruin his ability to play the Chuck Norris character in the reboot, which is a little bit of bullshit because like he plays Sam, who is like just the most like heterosexual dude. Like <laughs> that dude is just, he's so straight. Like all he wants to do is like, have a family with like a cis woman yeah. and like own a dog like yeah that sounds great just like being uh, like a, a completely silent heterosexual relationship with like an extremely boring woman and your awful children that sounds beautiful yeah <laughs> so do you buy this though that there was some sort of shenanigans in the background happening here 
I do. I definitely think that like like COVID fucked everything up in the way that COVID has fucked everything up. Like, like I I think probably they couldn't film a big reunion scene, you know, in heaven. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they wanted to have, like, a scene where, like... Well, well heaven, heaven, heaven had, like, closed the borders. Uh, for COVID, COVID <laughs> 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 that's right, that's right. I uh, mean, you, Supernatural d- does take place in America. Sam and Dean had to uh, download the Heaven contact tracing app and check in with the QR code every day to make sure that they didn't <laughs> give God COVID. <laughs> Uh, yep (laughs) but yeah i think i i suspect it it probably like messed some shit up because it's all filmed in vancouver like you know like trying to rally you know even even you know like 10 of the core main cast members you know you think people like mark shepherd or felicia day or um or any of these other like major like recurring characters like trying to get them to be able to travel and film a big group series like logistically like that's difficult yeah Um, so i would not be surprised at all if if covid you know forced them to pivot in a way that like was unanticipated to what extent i'm not sure yeah i mean because i could totally see it's just as believable that they decided to axe like the fully gay reveal as it is believable that they just screwed up the ending because it's a cw show that's been on air for 15 years and like there's no way to end that show properly yeah 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 just every time every time they come up with a plot line that they, they're like all right cool we think we've got everything and then they pull something out of a drawer and like, oh we forgot this one and just like things coming off the walls and them trying to like pin it up and be like how do we fit that one and yeah that's a nightmare no one's at the end of 15 no god show. jesus like, i mean i mean but luke we we've encountered this a bunch uh in the course of making this show which is like fandom armies creating the idea of like a secret cut or an alternate script or something like this and like what do you think it means when this like keeps pop like, this just keeps popping up like it almost feels like it's it's just going to happen if the fans don't universally love however you end their favorite thing I think you, you, we're at the point where, weirdly, Netflix have done the correct thing by only running every show for two mm. seasons, because that's all you can do. After two seasons, everything's a nightmare, and, and it's all gone horribly wrong. Yeah, it's true. I mean, also just like, if you keep it at two seasons, it's very, very unlikely that it becomes like, you know, an obsession for people. There, there, yeah, are, like, there are certain shows, though, that have had, you know very dedicated fan bases that have ended in a way that satisfied those fan bases. I'm thinking specifically of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Yep. Um, that was a wildly popular show. And and in the end, Catra Dora went canon. Catra and Adora like got together, you know, confessed that's their love. That's true. Like, and, you like, know, that's, and fans lost it. They loved it. That's actually a really good point where it's like, you really can't separate what happened here and like the reaction to the finale from the fact that they were basically like edging their queer fans for like 14 years or something. Right. Like you can't really, if you're going to play like, and and that's, and that's something that I've been thinking about a lot, like coming back to like when your show isn't liked by the people you think it's going to like attract or whatever, where it's, they're using the fan power without giving them what they want and like keeping them like, teased up constantly and like that horny energy's got to go somewhere like you can't do that to people um you know like and it's not it's also just like not fair for people who really want to see this happen like it people make a huge joke about like you know shipping and fandom pairing and stuff but it's also you know it's been around since like ancient greece and people do it it's it's very natural and it's like not fair to do it's not fair to like drag that carrot in front of people yeah i totally agree i mean shipping is just like people did it in like the Iliad, you know, like, yeah, it's been around. If, if a thing exists, then people are going to want two of the characters or two of the people or whatever to get together, you know? Yeah, exactly. And there's a difference between the kind of interpretation of it, which is what it initially was because you didn't have the same interaction between audience and like creator where you say hey i made that thing and then everyone looks at it and goes like hey this is super gay and you're like i didn't realize that <laughs> right. but okay versus like oh this is super gay and it's like cool i'm gonna pretend right. that i meant that and i'm gonna do that for the next 14 years there's also and actually you reminded me of something else here that we, we 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 haven't really touched on yet which is that like 
if you're an actor and all of a sudden your fans are like, oh, your character is like totally gay with this other character, that suddenly gives you a certain amount of leverage over the production of the show. It means that like if you lean into that, you, you, you're you're a little more important than the other characters because you've been picked by a fan pairing. Like this happens a lot where like all of a sudden the fans have zeroed in on you and this other character. So those two characters are really interesting to the fans and they like you and you're c- communicating with them. And then if things go really bad, it's very easy to go on social media and just be like, yeah, that's not how it was supposed to go. Like, sorry, guys. And it doesn't really matter if it's real or not. So as much as I want to take, I think Misha Collins is probably in operating good in good faith and like he is probably telling the truth about whatever i think he was like subtweeting it with like some sort of article about like toxic peanuts or something uh, you can go look at his timeline if you want to see what he he's he's gone dark basically but i do think that like why wouldn't you go on social media and just be like oh yeah there's a different cut that existed and like it would have been way better i mean not to go like full conspiracy theorist or anything but like ndas exist Right, but I also think like if the the idea of another cut that that leans into the the full gay version essentially, I don't understand why they wouldn't have. I don't know. I would understand why they wouldn't have done that because at that point it's like you've gone so far into it, you might as well. That's well, also true. That said, you're not. Lo- I don't. You're not losing. You're not losing anything by not doing it because like. Well, I mean, they could have looked at that finale. They could have looked at that episode and been like, "Oh yeah, it's totally ambiguous. Like no one will actually think that that's what's happening." This is it. They. C- you also don't know how much they've inadvertently been doing this for 15 <laughs> years and been like, well, this season was the season we finally put it to bed. And then they're looking at Tumblr and they're like, how did this happen? How did, why did we suddenly do all these lingering looks? Wait, are you, are you suggesting there's like a thing where like over the last 15 years they have constantly been trying not to queer bait, but then accidentally just continuing <laughs> to queer bait in like deeper and deeper ways? I mean, that would be the Kafkaesque version of it. It would be the Dave Eggers version of just getting like stuck in this loop of just constantly accidentally queer baiting by attempting <laughs> to stop queer baiting. Uh, I mean, possible, but I, I don't know. I think there's also like definitely an incentive from larger companies that own these shows to keep the fans like fighting amongst each other. Like we've seen this with Star Wars. We've seen this with the DC movies. Like it is it is totally in the corporate best interest to like kind of make fans fight amongst each other. I mean, obviously, the best thing is to just deliver a good product and make people happy. But if you can't do that, which is complicated, let's not get let's not get realistic. Yeah, that's complicated and difficult. And so far, Marvel has been the only one to come even close to doing it. But like, if you can't pull that off, like, why wouldn't you just like stoke some like weird suspicion and paranoia among your fan base? Because it keeps it going. Like, it's like free. It's like a free publicity engine that just will continue. I also I don't know if we're giving them more credit than we should. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the showrunners just have an idea about, you know, these brothers and their angel friend who save people and kill monsters and get, like, actually beat up by God. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, like, they might not be paying attention to any of, of this kind of online discourse. And they might just be like, nope, this is our show. Like, we're just we're just doing it. And like. Castiel told Dean he loved him and it was platonic or whatever, you know, like it's a it's a way of showing Castiel's like burgeoning humanity or whatever, you know. I love that theory that like they just like they thought they nailed it. <laughs> They're just like, we nailed it. Yeah, we did it. We gave everyone what they wanted. And then we ended it on like a beautiful, quiet Monster of the Week episode. And then that's and the it. cars in heaven and the cars. At the So uh, the meme that Kate and I have been sharing back and forth different versions of is that Castiel went to super mega gay hell, but the car went to uh, turbo heaven. <laughs> What, like the he- the heaven from the cars? Uh, yeah, so people are saying that now uh, Supernatural and Pixar's cars exist in the same uh, cinematic universe because the car went to heaven at the end of Supernatural. <laughs> that makes sense. Which means that also stacks up because, as we know, cars is in the same universe as all the other Pixar movies. So that means, that means uh, Supernatural is in the same universe as Frozen. Oh, we'll see. That I would like, you know, that also had problems with queer baiting. So, like, I totally understand why, like, that they would be in the same universe. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Wait, no, wait. Frozen's not Pixar. It's Frozen. I, I don't know, man. I kind of winged it there. <laughs> I couldn't remember the Cars theory. The Cars unifying theory of, of Pixar. And I, I... Ratatouille and Toy Story are in the Pixar universe. And Wally. Right. Well, Wally is, yeah. That's that's my big shipping, is that I ship the fat the fat captain from the Wally spaceship with Wally. That's my major fan pairing. Sure. Is, is uh, hashtag Wapton. Oh, I hate uh, you. 
<laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. It's not. I just but... made that up, but it sounded pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> It's a, it, it was a made-up thing, right? Yeah, it was, it was a made-up thing until so. I just said that on this show, and now it will become real. But, yeah. I'm sure there's fan art of that somewhere on DeviantArt. Uh, if you're listening to the show and you'd like to draw a incredibly graphic depiction of Wally, uh, yeah, w- Wally uh, be, uh, making love to the captain from uh, uh, Wally, please uh, send that to me. I just want to see Wally and the captain from Wally doing the TikTok uh, where does he <laughs> But is he in the chair? Is he in the hover chair? Because he doesn't have any bones, remember? No, no, he can't. Because you can't do the dance. But he doesn't chair. have. Like, he, he stands up at the end but, with like a but big all, giant baby. But all it's the fine. Walmart baby people don't have bones in the right places anymore, right? Like, no, they have bones. <laughs> they just can't stand. Not in my version. They have no bones in my version. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, so, Kate, you. you you're I, I I consider you like you know the the expert on Tumblr culture and and I feel like what we've been talking about this week is centered around the idea of like TV shows movies the people who make them still not really understanding that like there's this entire world that hangs out predominantly on Tumblr that has a lot of opinions and a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings about what you're making and it's crazy to me that like more people aren't figuring out how to do this correctly like why do you think it's still taken like what like almost 15 years i guess for creators to understand that like there's gonna be a bunch of people on the internet that are gonna have reactions to what you just made well so a fascinating thing to me is that i feel like there's a generational divide and content creators of the new generation you know like millennials and younger um and especially like gen z like they get it you know, you look at somebody like uh, like Thomas Sanders or like like Markiplier and Crank Gameplays just did this thing called Unus Anus that just ended, um, which was they uploaded it, a video. Is that a sex thing? No, Unus A-N-N-U-S. It, it's Latin oh. for one year. Um, oh, okay, okay. Where they uploaded a video a day for an entire year, and then at the end of it, they deleted the entire channel. Oh. Which was fascinating to see. Um and they engaged with their followers, they engaged with their their community in a really interesting way. And then you look at, like, I'm, like, deeply academically obsessed with um, Minecraft YouTubers right now. Okay. Yeah. Like, the, the um, Minecraft streamers, basically, like, are, like, having, like, a huge moment. Um, there's this thing called the Dream SMP server, where, like, a bunch of these people get together and they're, like, essentially role-playing this huge storyline. And they're engaging with their followers. They're engaging with their users, their community. Um, and they're presenting a story um, like Thomas Sanders, like Markiplier, like, you know, these streamers like Corpse Husband. Like, they are creating content that is able to... Um, be adaptive in a way that like something like a, a produced, you know, 24 episode long TV series can't be adapted in that same way. You know, like they don't have a huge production company. They don't have script writers. They don't, you know, like they don't have a, a budget for all of the shit in the same yeah. way that like younger people, even, you know, like the, you know, like there's a really popular show called the owl house. It's like an animated show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen fan art of it. Yeah, super duper popular, but also like adaptive in a way and and kind of like produced by a showrunner who is younger, who is part of like this generational um, trend of like, okay, well, like, no, we're going to make our stuff more progressive. Like we're going to we're going to make it so it's not like three white dudes hanging out in a 67 Chevy Impala. Like we're going to make it so that like (laughs) it resonates with people who are younger and and producing this kind of content i think is is very different than producing something like star wars or something like supernatural it's true and i feel like the gigantic flame out of supernatural being sort of the archetypal as what i incorrectly described as the longest running fandom but like sort of when you think of internet fandom you sort of think of supernatural you think of doctor who you, you think of those the fact that supernatural has flamed out so horribly after 15 years, I feel like 
would hopefully be assigned to a lot of other showrunners that are like coming into that space to be like, oh boy, like we probably shouldn't do any of those things because like that didn't work for Supernatural and it'll be better maybe. I mean, I don't even, I don't think it's accurate to say it flamed out. I think, I think this is not with a bang, but with a whimper kind of thing. You know, it's kind of like, okay, well it had to end and it ended and some people were happy and some people were not and it's over now the one thing you can say about supernatural is it ended <laughs> it sure isn't a show anymore <laughs> <laughs> that show sure stopped being on tv <laughs> So we end our episode the way we end our episode every week, which is a segment called The Content You Consume to Stay Sane. Luke, what is the content you've consumed to stay sane this week? This week, I have been consuming literal content. Well, I don't know. It's like, it's not content. It's not content. I've been consuming actual things. I've been consuming coffee. I started drinking coffee. So um, can you explain why this is a big deal for you, an adult man, to start drinking coffee? <laughs> it's a big deal because I drink an awful lot of Coke Zero. I drink, like obscene amounts yeah. of coke zero you drink a disgusting amount of coke like it's, it's like a horrific. six pack like every couple days bad yeah yeah that's so much um, <laughs> <laughs> no it it it, it was it, thing is during the summer i more or less stopped for like an extended period of time because well summer lockdown one lock, uk lockdown one i pretty much stopped for an extended period of time because i couldn't couldn't, couldn't go anywhere else drank a lot of water that's good. Fine. It was all good. Uh, and then, you know, lockdown ended, and now we can go to the shop again, and I went to the shop and bought an awful lot of Coke Zero uh, a lot. Uh, so I bought one of those, like, mocha pots, like mocha, mocha pots, I don't, know what, I don't know what they're called. We stick it on the top of the hob, boil it, put a lot of coffee There's in. There's so much British shit that you just said in that sentence that is, like, indecisive. <laughs> no, 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 no. This isn't British. This isn't British. This isn't British. First this of all, like, stovetop this... instead of hob. Okay, well, I'm not going to get into that, but no, it, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> You're talking about a coffee pot. You're 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 making coffee on the stove. Yeah, like a sto a, a, a stovetop coffee pot. Why don't you just get a coffee maker, dude? You used to make coffee by boiling water in a saucepan, then pouring it through a filter. I did that once into <laughs> into a mason jar. I did that once because I didn't have a coffee maker. Now I have a coffee maker. I don't have to do that. Any- I don't have to make cowboy coffee anymore. I can make normal like you, modern you man coffee. You did not do that once. You did it for a really long time because your main complaint wasn't the mason jar and the filter that was on top of the mason jar it was the fact that we didn't have a kettle i didn't but then i got a kettle i got a, I, i've upgraded considerably since then those were very dark times i was a young 25 year old i didn't know any better sure um, anyway yeah i've been drinking coffee it's quite nice that's great that sounds I'm, great man. I'm, I'm, I'm str- I'm, <laughs> do you drink it do you drink it black like what do you do yeah oh <laughs> Great man, that's so good. Wait, for, wait, I, wait, wait! You're supposed to put stuff in it. <laughs> people can. I mean, welcome to like a whole new world of coffee. People do all kinds of stuff with coffee these days. No, actually, I actually quite like it. Like, it's, it's quite nice. Um, yeah. I am having a slight issue with calibrating the the amount because I've got a pot that cooks well, cooks makes uh, like six cups at a time, and I did not realize it the first time I used it. And I was like, oh, you just put this in a mug, and. Uh, you know, you can put the leftover yeah. coffee in the fridge and then put ice cubes in it and drink iced coffee with it. That seems like American nonsense. Just You just uh, pour it into a mason jar and shove yeah, it in exactly. the back of the fridge. I actually don't have any mason jars now. Why don't you uh, have mason Ryan jars? Ryan took all the mason jars. You mean I took my mason jars that yeah. I bought? Yes. Yeah. Uh, here in Brazil, a very popular drink that is kind of like at places right now is coffee mixed with um, sparkling water or like seltzer. Oh. And it's like lime seltzer with black coffee mixed in. It's not as disgusting as you'd think, but it's also not good. Oh, that's that's a recommendation for everything. Not as disgusting <laughs> as you think. It's it's. I had it once, and I was like, interesting. I never want to have this again. But also, I was like, I would have this again, but I don't really like. You know what I mean? You know, it was like an interesting taste, not a particularly good taste. Cool. That doesn't sound pleasant. No, no. Kate's. What content have you been consuming to stay sane this week? Um, so, uh, as you know, Ryan, I am hella vegan now. And um, Thanksgiving is coming up. And even though it's going to be like me and my partner just sitting in the apartment like we do all the time, I've been deeply researching like how to veganize certain things. 
Um, so like, I don't know, I've been spending a lot of time scrolling through Instagram and like looking at like specific like vegan accounts that I'm really into. Um, cool. Like there's one, the Korean vegan who like just tells these like fascinating stories while she like cooks really good vegan food. And then I don't know, I just I'm really into like vegan Instagram right now. I get a lot That's of like great. recipe ideas. I'll like go and just search. I also am like into mushrooms right now. Like I'm trying to make myself like mushrooms. Mushrooms are really good. Um and uh so, so you don't like mushrooms? I historically no. <laughs> I as I'm I am also now vegan slash vegetarian, depends on the day of the week. But I eat mushrooms like five days a week. And I eat beans or tomatoes, the others. Oh, sometimes combined. I mean, I and then you just and then you just have like the most rock hard, solid shit of your entire <laughs> life. Of your just like beans and mushroom poop. Hey man, you should join us on this like vegan side. I know you're in Brazil and I assume you're just eating like entire halves of cows. Uh but... yeah. I mean a steak comes with everything. But like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I literally ate steak for lunch. Uh it was good. But um yeah, I'm pretty far away from being vegan right now. Well, I had delicious beans and tomatoes and mushrooms and, and, and tahini tonight. It's great. I think my problem oh, that actually does Yeah, I think good. my and problem rice. is that I don't like just like button mushrooms. I don't know what you call them in the UK. Like just Yeah, I know we have button mushrooms. Yeah. Same same name. Yeah. I they just are I I always had them like cooked in a way that like they weren't pleasant. But there's a um, every other weekend at my local farmers market, there's like a mushroom stand, and so I've gotten into fancy mushrooms. Um, so huge, okay. huge fan of king oyster mushrooms and regular oyster Ooh, mushrooms. Yeah. Oyster mushrooms, are good. oyster mushrooms are legit. Like I wish, I wish I could get more king oyster mushrooms because I made a really good like pulled not pork dish, like roasted. Um, shredded nice. king oyster mushrooms but yeah, yeah nice. I, I recently if... bought some lion's mane mushrooms that i'm gonna do something with if, uh, i'm very pro mushrooms i am too and and if, if anyone listening to this wants more mushroom conversation uh we have an entire <laughs> episode about mushrooms actually from back when we were a different podcast but if you scroll all the way down the feed you're gonna see it right there uh it's with a with, guy with, with a guy who's no who became joe biden's director of video <laughs> that's right we have an, an entire episode where we interviewed andrew gothier the now joe the director of the now director of video for joe biden <laughs> about mushrooms <laughs> president-elect joe biden the president-elect. We, President we, talk, we, we talked to Andrew for, for quite a while about his COVID about hobby of uh, hunting for mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Everything connects. Everything connects to Tumblr culture and mushrooms on this show. That's like the main, the main <laughs> thorough food. I, uh, I have some interesting content to, to share this week, which is I've become extremely interested in a Spotify playlist made by Spotify, which is the first time this has happened to me, really. It is the Hyperpop playlist. And hyperpop is essentially like a term for things that sound like 100 Gex, which is a band that kind of sounds like if people tried to make their own nightcore or DDR music while they were high on cough medicine. Oh, God. And it's extremely good. The playlist, hyperpop, I really recommend it. All of it sounds like deranged Fifth Element music. Um, it is very good. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, I feel like you would... Have a lot of like not good thoughts, but like interesting thoughts about like listening to like nightcore influenced hip hop. <laughs> right. I, I will I will check that out for sure. I mean, one time I listened to the Pooty Pooty ten hour uh, YouTube video for six hours at work, and it broke my brain a little bit. So I'm receptive. Yeah, I think I think it's really interesting uh, what the internet has done to music, which is uh, made it into just like sounds <laughs> that don't mean anything uh which is really interesting to me kates thank you for coming on the show i feel like i don't really understand the ins and outs of the show better than i did before because there's too much show but i do understand the cultural impact of the show a lot better so thank you thank you so much for having me to talk about a right. show that i have not actually watched in like five seasons <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think you missed much in the last five seasons. <laughs> would you ever go back and, 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 and do the whole thing? Oh yeah. 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 I, I I would consider picking up where I left off and just being like, all right, like maybe I'll like Google like which of the episodes are 
plot based versus monster of the week and like watch watch it for the plot but you know i would consider it hold on i, I want to do the math here okay if you want oh my god oh my god oh my god if you all oh, geez, geez okay so if you wanted to watch the entire show <laughs> uh and, and let's assume every episode is 44 minutes long there's 324 episodes it would be 14,256 minutes uh yes that's how i count these shows like that's how i count this length of show in hold minutes. on hold on hold on and there's mi- how many minutes in an hour 60 so yes. si- divided by 60 is 237 hours so let's do 237 hours in are you two- gonna divide 237 by 24 using a calculator okay it would take what's you- gonna happen now okay okay it would take you basically <laughs> 10 straight days staying awake the entire time to consume the entire show in one sitting. So, Luke, I have an idea for our new podcast. We should totally do this. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of holiday days I didn't use this year. So. And you're into you coffee. Stay- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do, Luke, do you want to stay awake with me for 10 days straight watching Supernatural? <laughs> yeah, in two different countries in two different time zones. Let's Dream. do it, man. Um, the world's longest Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I... I Kate, you should go back and finish it. I feel like you're close enough to the finish line that you, you've. You, yeah. I know. I just. I gotta. I gotta be emotionally prepared for that. Like mentally, mentally prepared it's for it lot. more than emotionally. Like that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a lot. Uh, Kate, is there uh, anything you'd like to plug, uh, advertise? Any any cool things coming up at Tumblr that people should know about? Because I get. Lo- I actually get lots of questions from our listeners about like what's going on at Tumblr because like. Old people are afraid to register and make accounts to check it out. So is there anything cool coming up that people should check out? Uh, yeah, coming up next month um, is Year in Review, where oh, shit. we're making a lot of lists about popular things on the platform, and there are going to be more lists than ever, and it's going to be fucking wild. And I'm so stoked. Uh, we basically, we, we go through and we rank... Um, based on data, like the most popular things on platform and uh, and make a bunch of lists out of that. And it's going to be really fun to see everyone's reaction to what's popular. Can you can you tease us with any interesting insights that you've discovered so far? That's a no. <laughs> I, d- I don't. K-pop is popular. <laughs> um, there are television shows and movies that people have strong feelings about. And... Um, there are also books that are good and popular. And books, yeah. interesting. Yeah. The uh, the main book I'm interested in is Ready Player Two, which looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be reading that one. <laughs> okay, well, Kate, thank you for coming on. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Please come back soon and um, next time, like, let us know how your mushroom journey has been. I think our listeners are, are very into that right now. I will. Thank you. I mean, I am. If they don't, yeah, I appreciate exactly. it. I'll yeah. keep y'all updated. Now, uh, we got to walk over to our other show and um, talk about a movie that did make me physically ill watching it. <laughs> the Justice I League. Just, uh... <laughs> So for our Patreon supporters, this will appear right in your feed uh, tomorrow, but we have been making our way through all of the DC movies. Luke and I are two people who have marathoned the Marvel movies a few times now, and so now we're, we're digging into a different cinematic universe. It's not good, and Justice League, um, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go over. I'll see you. I'll see you over there. Okay, bye bye. <laughs>